0: Welcome again to CCM in 3D. I'm Dan. And I'm Derek. And that would
1: make me Dave.
0: And we are here again to talk about that glorious 1985 to 1995 time in contemporary Christian music, classics. And today we are doing Michael W. Smith's The Big Picture. Yes. yes we are. great yeah. album. Oh, excited. Can't
2: yep. Can't wait to talk about this one.
0: We like to call these a deep dive. Yes. Now for now for a second, they're... Uh, Derek, when you told us we were going to talk about the big picture, I looked up Randy Johnson of the Seattle Mariners. Oh, the big, and, but units. I misunderstood. Not the big picture, right? The big, oh, the picture.
2: Picture. I see where you. <laughs> yeah, I got
0: that one. Oh. I almost. Yeah.
2: No birds were hurt or killed in the making of this
0: uh, podcast. Like Randy right. Johnson, <laughs> killing birds. So it's not that one. No, it's Michael. Got it. One. All right. All right. So I, I, th- I thought you we know, before we get into the real big picture, um, maybe a little bo- uh, podcast bonus here, I like to call it. So I was telling somebody about our little podcast and said, hey, yeah, we like to look at the liner notes. And they kind of got this glazed look in their end, and They said, that's great. What are liner notes? <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, that's a good question. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought, that would take a little explaining, right? Yeah. So liner notes, usually they're – musicians producers engineers the lyrics listed um in the song um you know maybe well back then we didn't have like music match we didn't have yeah um these what shazam and those kind of things that could sing along with the lyrics um so we had these lyrics in the uh notes yeah of the album and I don't, or again again, it was producers, musicians, all those things so yes go and ahead. maybe
2: I don't know if I'm different maybe I'm the same with you guys. I would on purpose wait to get home to actually remove the cellophane from my my disc my, my CD, my tape didn't usually buy vinyl, but usually cassettes or CDs and then I would put the the, the media into the player and I would have the the the, the, the booklet in front of me. Reading usually with the lyrics, if they printed the lyrics going as the album would unfold, so I I would actually wait to get it home. Um, so yeah, the if you if all you're used to is digital uh consumption of music, right? It's kind of you probably don't have physical liner notes to look at, and music produced these days is usually produced, especially pop music is produced inside a computer not using really many musicians. So um, you're not going to have a whole lot of actual musicians
1: playing on your music. I used so. to do the same thing, Derek, the exact same thing, and there That's was so funny. I always had a certain amount of joy to opening up that booklet and hearing the first, you know, part of the lyrics come out and you're following along. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. something special about doing that. You,
0: you really can't do that anymore. Now no, you're right. See, and I and I was the other way around. So I was like, I couldn't wait to hear the music. <laughs> so yeah, you know, pop, pop it in. Yes. And then I was like, oh, man, I really like that. Who did that? And then I'd have to go back there and search for it. Or also, the great thing about liner notes back then is, again, they had the lyrics. Well, I think mostly, was it mostly in Christian music or did lots of other secular albums also have I, lyrics in them? I don't know.
2: I think. I think most secular albums would have had it, yes.
0: Did they? Okay, okay. Uh, quite, a,
2: quite a few, quite a few.
0: So it was great to have those lyrics in front of you because then you wouldn't mishear lyrics right. like, you know, Boston, long time. I got to keep on chasing a dream. I'm going to be a mommy. You know, you wouldn't <laughs> gonna be get those mommy. kind of lyrics. Right. Yeah, you right. wouldn't. <laughs> You would know what you're singing. Right,
2: right. So. Or another one would be, and we should probably do a whole podcast on this misheard lyrics. Um, Margaret Becker's uh, instead of I want to live in a simple house became I don't want to live with a sinful spouse. So, you know. Right, that... right, yeah.
0: That's Proverbs 31 woman. Right, the anti-Proverbs <laughs> yeah. 31 woman.
1: No, that was the Weird Al version, that's what that that's was. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's
2: exactly. So, we should probably do a whole different podcast on that, but circling yeah. back to the big
0: picture. Yeah, back to this. So, uh, also another, before we get into the actual album, um, you know, I was, I was reorienting myself with Michael W., and Big props to Michael W. Smith, right? Just three-time Grammy Award winner, yeah. American Award, Music Awards, forty-five Dove Awards. Yeah, I'm like, wow. Um, ASCAP gave him a Golden Note Award for lifetime achievement in songwriting. Right. Um, I mean, he's been doing this for forty years. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I myself personally, I'm just very, very grateful for Michael W. Smith. Um, Yeah. And
2: and on top of everything you just mentioned,
0: which is, you know, from the professional
2: side, wow and wow. Um, Married to Debbie for I don't know how long, but, you know, in an industry where marriages are are tenuous, they've really been a great example. So uh, hats off to them in that area as well. That's that's wonderful. And we're celebrating.
0: I also did not know that he was or maybe maybe you knew this. I didn't know this. In 1992, he was People Magazine's one of People Magazine's 50 most beautiful people. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I think
1: Amy no, wasn't Amy in yeah. that same issue.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. Are you kidding? I had no
0: clue. So no. yeah. So on a scale of on the on the rank of one to fifty, they rank him, right. Where do you think Michael W. was? Do you right know here. this information? I do. Do you own this issue? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <not>. <laughs> <laughs> complaining. He was number he was number 7. What? Wow. Number 7? Yeah. yeah, right behind you know, Holly Berry, Kevin Costner, Mel Gibson all up there and then he was number 7. Crazy. Yeah. Huh. Well. Where I um,
2: where did Amy fall? I don't did below somewhere well, in the teens? Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Did not know that. So if one of our delightful listeners wants to send us an issue, a back issue of People Magazine from what year?
0: 92? 92, yeah. We'd gladly receive that from you to check that out. Uh, wow. And I, had, I also had a, uh, I don't know about you guys, but you know, had a Michael W. Smith mixtape. At one point, uh, you know, so yeah. oh. I got to explain, I got to explain mixtape Yeah. people. Yeah, you're going to, so,
2: you're going to, you're going to meet somebody <laughs> and say, oh, what's a mixtape, Dan? Yeah,
0: Mixtape, oh, wow, what's that, right. Glaze I have, Yeah. Um, you know, so you would take, I would take different songs of Michael's and record them on a tape. So the first song had, you know, first tape had Secret Ambition, you know, on it, first song or something, and then the next song would be, you know, whatever it is. Um, Did, all those different Michael Lewis Smith songs yeah. from here, Lamu or something. And it would just, it would also be like a, a little playlist yep. and a tape that you just play. Wait, so you what's have a to tape? Do the same.
2: What's a t- Yeah, right? <laughs>
0: now I can explain that. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. We're going down a rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, we're going to go down that rabbit <laughs> hole. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, for me, you know, during high school through college, his music was there, raising three amazing daughters. Uh, he's just, Michael Lewis Smith has been there. He's definitely been my friend. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and nice. you know, a friend's a friend for forever. forever. Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. Now, Dave, I got to ask before we jump into the meat of this album, you know what I'm going to okay. ask you.
0: Were I you
2: think at so. this yeah. show?
1: I was at the show. Yes. I in was at the show.
2: Yes. <laughs> at Century Two.
1: Century Two
2: Exhibition yes. Hall, not the concert hall. It was the exhibition right. hall.
1: And. and- yeah, it, I look forward to that. I, when I got the album, I got it the day it came out, and I looked at, it had the tour schedule inside, and I saw which. I think it was September. Was that right when, when they came or Boy, October? You, I, yeah, um, you got me. But I looked forward to it all summer, and then of course the show was just was awesome. Now, do you remember who opened? uh holly berry mel gibson <laughs> uh no it was <laughs> it was a it was a, can- a canadian band called elam hall elam
2: hall of course oh. yes yes yeah. i do remember and the name of their album was things break that's right yes Thank yes you. well they were both on reunion so that was a reunion show that the,
1: yeah
0: that's elam true.
2: hall was on reunion and so was michael w so makes sense yes i do remember that you're right and so here's my story from that show. Um, and my, I have two friends that will vouch for me. They were sitting right beside me that heard me do this. Um, during a really quiet moment, I just yelled out as loud as I could, Sing Friends! And, <laughs> and, oh, yeah. So um, I was that guy. So nice. I didn't really want to hear Friends. I wanted to hear probably You're All Right or Tearing Down the Wall or something. But, right, but, um, right. Anyway. So I was that guy. I was that guy. Nice. Great
0: concert. Yeah, it was. It was really good. And this is so this is Smitty's third album. And we say Smitty in a you know. Yeah. Very nice way. That's cuz he's our friend. It's our friend. <laughs> uh, and so it's kind of a departure album for him, right? So and honestly, it looks like we're taking a little bit of a risk talking about this album because as far as I could tell, this did not achieve gold. Yeah, it was copies. It just didn't have the success like Beat the System or Unguarded. Right. Yep. Um, But I think this made it well on its way. It made him well on its way because after this, Eye to Eye goes gold. The next three go platinum. Go West Young Man, Change Your World, I'll Lead You Home. Right. Um, However, I think this album actually launched those.
2: Yeah, and and I, I want to take I want to take issue with one thing that you said there that this is a departure album, and I think you actually kind of circled back and said it a little better when you said this this is a launching pad album. It's kind of like the first two albums were kind of works in progress. This is not a departure. This is a launch into a direction mm-hmm. that he's kind of stayed with, you know, for better. I mean, yeah. in 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 greater and lesser degrees, but I mean he. Those first two albums were really kind of period pieces. They were of their time. I love those first two albums, especially two. Two I think I like better than Project, but this one really is the launch pad that he's built everything else on. So, um,
1: yeah. And, and, you know, the thing that that grabbed me about this album was I, you know, I heard the first two and they're fantastic and they kind of set, you know, a. A trend in Christian music, for, mm-hmm. especially with the with keyboard use at the time. Sure, yes. But they were very they were medium to slow tempo songs. And then I go to the Friends tour where he plays those two albums, and you know he's running around the stage. Chris Rodriguez is ripping you know guitar solos in the middle of Wrestles Heart. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? And I feel mm. like Big Picture was the first album of his to actually capture the energy from his live show, and that's yes. what I loved about it. That's you know? a great point.
2: That's that's good. That's a good way to put it. So, you're right. Yeah,
0: much much more up to than the other two. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, now, my f- favorite part of the album, before we get again, into these other details, but my favorite part of the album is, again, as far as I can tell, and maybe there's something before this, but Michael D. Smith gets connected to Wayne Kirkpatrick yes, pretty heavily on this album. And, oh, boy, what a great combo. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like peanut butter and chocolate, right? Yep, yeah. You got, you got my lyrics in your music. You got my music in your lyrics, Right.
2: In fact, um. And we'll refer to this book a lot in episodes as we go forth. But um, in the book that was released in 2002, I think, 2001, the 100 Greatest Albums in Christian Music put out by CCM, uh, uh, Big Picture comes in at 21. So Big Picture is the 21st uh, ranked album there. And they say, speaking of Wayne, Inter uh, Smith, buoyed by new songwriting partner Wayne Kirkpatrick and sharing production. And then they talk about that a little bit. Blanton and Harrell, of course, uh, Michael Blanton and Dan Harrell put Kirkpatrick together with Smith after hearing a demo tape of some, uh, some of the young Louisiana songs. So Wayne's songs. Kirkpatrick mm. went on the road as a rhythm guitar player for Smith's first headlining tour after the Michael W. Smith 2 record. It was on the road where there, and here's, here's where we get it. On the Road was where their Elton John Bernie Taupin like songwriting relationship began, and the big picture was the first fruit of that collaboration. So, this got book compares it. them to Elton and Bernie Taupin. So, yeah. I think that's kind of an interesting parallel there. That That's
1: like, yes. like Dan's yeah.
2: chocolate and peanut butter. So right. You got Elton Bernie, Elton writing the music, Bernie writing the lyrics. That's kind of what Wayne and Michael were to each other.
1: Yep, definitely.
0: So. And I think, you know, Wayne Kirkpatrick kind of. He continues to go on, and I guess I could term it, he kind of becomes the cranberry juice of CCM world, right? <laughs> he's, he's in everything. You know, he's got, you know, he's the he's, I, apple juice is great, but cran apple. He's the high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, he's, he's the high fructose corn syrup of Christian music. I mean, it was, you know, and the album was edgy at the time, yeah. too, a little bit. And I think maybe a little bit of a problem with being edgy at this time was it didn't get a whole lot of radio airplay right? on a lot of the Christian shows, um, you know, Rocket Town obviously big uh, you know, but Screaming Guitar boy, I don't know where that fit in right, with some of these, you know, stations
1: Well, it dealt with some pretty heavy issues too like teen sexuality, yes. teen suicide Sure And that's stuff that back in the day Christian Radio just wouldn't touch you know? right,
2: Especially the, the two-hour shows When we're talking right. Christian Radio back in 1986 you're talking two-hour shows that weren't going to really deal with that sort of thing. Right. As opposed to a dedicated 24-7 station, which almost didn't exist back then. Yep. Right. I I will say this, and this is the last thing I'll say before we jump in, uh, is that when this album came out, now this album comes a year later than Amy's Unguarded. So it's, it's a little bit later than that. And we have already talked about how great Amy's album was, how groundbreaking it was, how wonderful it was. This album to me really combined with white Hart's Don't wait for the movie was really the first two rock records that I thought, man, I, this is just Amy's pop. And I love that album and it's a great album, but these are full on rock albums And Mm -hmm. I just thought those these two albums, uh, "Don't Wait for the Movie" and "The Big Picture," really upped the rock game in CCM. Now Whiteheart would go on to better days and better albums, but at the time, that was a great record. So, right. uh, So that's that's I do remember that very much being a thing. With wow, these two albums have really pushed the bar upward. Quite a bit.
1: Yeah. I, in fact, uh, I'll reference that real quick. I came across—I don't know how I found this online, but it's a review from '87. Um, yeah, from '87, and they quote Michael saying that a lot of people wrote us off, meaning CCM. They couldn't get past the gospel. Then they heard Amy's Unguarded album, and that changed their minds. So you're definitely right. I mean, mm-hmm. Unguarded led the—you know—kind of blazed the way. Then this album came along and took it—you know—a little bit further.
0: Right. Right. And now, Dave, do you have your copy of your CD there? I do. So I want to talk just real quickly about the album cover of that. I yep. do, right? Yep. The big picture written in lots of different languages, as far as I can tell. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, the, and one of the keys to that for me was, so I took German in high school, and there's Der große Bild. Mm. Right there on the, and I'm like, yep, that's the yep. big picture. Yep. <laughs> by the way, when, by the way, when you're speaking German, you got to speak a little bit angry. The gross it. It sounds good that yes. <laughs> way. Uh, but the little kid on the front got the spiky hair, and then you flip the cover over, and isn't it Michael Dewey Smith? Yes. His beard. His the name is even backwards. Yeah. So it's like, oh, right. I get it. It's flip like it a, over, and yeah. the little kid grows up. You know. Right. And yep. you've
1: got the the perm, and uh, you know, I'll go ahead and admit this: I had this door poster, guys.
0: Whoa, yeah. nice. Had
1: the, had the door poster, you know, big fan. I don't know yes. where it is right now, but uh yeah, you're right, Dan it's him on the back so it's kind of a like a mirror effect yeah
0: and then and then he has a little frame on his jacket. He sure does. Oh,
1: well, you're right. right yeah yeah
2: now the one thing that that if you open i I have mine here too. my okay. CD here right here too. If you open yes. up the if you open up the booklet, the one thing that's missing from the back cover where it's flipped over, the one thing that Michael's wearing, of course, as you open up the booklet, Dave can see it too, is his bolo tie.
1: Yes, you're see, right. See,
2: that's, <laughs> you're not going to get much more 80s wonderfulness than a bolo tie.
1: That's so, where he took it to the next level. He took it to the
2: next level. He was pursuing the dream right there. <laughs> that's right. <It's laughs> and many
0: layers. And, and you don't see as many layers of clothing. Yes,
2: he does. How, how great is it that whoever made the call. Uh, on this album, decided not to put Michael on the third album. It's a little kid. First two albums, yeah, right. you got Michael's face, and then Michael jumping yep. in his Argyle sweater. And then suddenly, it's a picture frame and a kid. It's a great move. Yep. It's a really edgy move. It is. Move. I like it. Yeah. I still like it. This it's is different. A, yeah, it's very different. It's a great album cover.
1: But
0: There's well, that- it's, it's so much going on with all those little, you know, the different languages. Yes. It's kind of you know, it's a foreshadowing of what's on the album a little bit. Yep. Um, every song is written in a different font.
1: Yes, I yep. yes. Oh, yeah, I
0: believe. Yes, song title, I should say. Yep.
2: And the other thing I'll point out on this too is this is the first album I had ever seen in the credits, the liner notes, where I had seen the liner notes listing people responsible for grooming and styling. Yes. <laughs> in fact, one of the one of the grooming people is Julie Miller Overstreet. Julie- who, yeah, Julie is, who is, well, no, who is the wife of Paul Overstreet, the country music artist, Paul oh. Overstreet. Not that Julie Miller, not the one married oh. to Buddy Miller, but it's Julie Miller Overstreet, who's Paul Overstreet's wife. So she was one of the people responsible for grooming on this album. Well, and there's a lot of grooming well, on the album cover. A lot, lot of grooming going on <laughs> there. Right. Yep. Lots of hair. Lots yep. and lots of hair.
0: And then uh, it was produced by, you were going to say this earlier, but I think, I can't know if it's pronouncing his name correctly, John Podaker. Yeah, John Podaker. And he was he was a big producer at the time. Yes. Um, and some people, I guess, some critics call it overproduced, but I think I've learned something about my musical style. I like overproduced, yep. apparently. Yep. Because I really <laughs> like this. Right. Uh, but, you know, again, yeah, music is great. I'm still just a gigantic fan of the lyrics, though, too. Yep. Uh, you know. Yeah, so that's all I got to say about that. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. That's good. Uh, all right. So first song we have is Lamu, yeah. and uh, it's this mystical place called Lamu. Well, I thought it was a mystical place. Is a real place. Yes. Right. Real. And it's now this isn't. This is way before Veggie Tales, and the song is Cebu. You know, <laughs> Lamu, mu, 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 Lamu, 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 Lamu. It's not that. It's it's a place in Eastern Africa, Kenya right near the equator. Right. So unlike Town, it's a real place. And I say it's nice. It's a
2: hotel paradise, you know, as opposed to California, it's hotel paradise. Yes. Yeah, I I, Uh, for the longest time, I didn't quite know what this song was about. You know, obviously, now it's, you know, the gospel reaches even to places called Lamu in Africa. So you can't run from the gospel. So that's, I think that's what he's getting at here.
1: Yeah. yeah and also I think it's uh, about uh, trying to escape your pain and realizing that you can't, you know, cause you can never escape the right side of you. Um, another part of the lyrics. So yeah, it's a great opening track, a lot of energy. definitely a departure from, uh, how he started his other two albums and of course the roll the roaring guitar solo there yes. in the middle is just oh, yeah. fantastic you know i yeah. love it now according to the
2: wikipedia oh okay that's on a different song never mind i will bring i will reference Skipping. the wikipedia later so
0: <laughs> okay. yes.
2: no okay. s- strike that <laughs> we will we will pick that up later
0: well and then speaking of the liner notes there are they i know they have all the Lyrics in there, yes. Are they kind of sparse, but they're kind of sparse on exactly who played on what. Oh, it's not sparse, it's cryptic. Well, I mean, it's got I'm sorry, it's got credits, but does it say on each song? No, no,
1: they, they didn't break it down by song, they yeah. just credited everybody that played guitar,
0: everybody that played right. drums, yeah. right? So, we're not, entire, so. I'm not entirely sure who played some of these. No, the, the lead guitar, I should say, on this song, no, because it, it right. takes yeah, it, it takes a it takes one minute to get into this song before any lyrics. It's got a whole minute-long intro. Mm-hmm. You know, the big the big beat, yeah. the synthesizers, the roaring guitar. I'm mm-hmm. um, also am a fan of the changes in texture kind of in this in this song, I guess I could call it. You know, it's really full, and then it falls back to just the keyboard yeah. sound, and it just keeps kind of going back and forth. Um, I, that's what I love about it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. This is a great opener. Yeah. And then it rolls right yep. into Wired for Sound. Yeah. and uh unless you have anything else to add about lamo i'm good all nope right. so wired for sound also another one i there's a lot on here i'm going to skip to be honest i like them all um wired for sound does, yeah. i love the synthesizer stabs in there um i think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here you know wired wired for sound right the, the different sounds of that um i like the lyrics wisdom of the sacred page is turned and ignored yes That's that's neat. Yeah. Uh, You know, just great Again, lyrics for me. Well, the chorus is
2: suddenly very relevant once again. Word of mouth is the counselor. There's no need for proof. Well, that just describes pretty much everything you read on social media. We'll just put Mm -hmm. it up there and see what sticks. You know, we'll run it up the flagpole and see if anybody buys it. Um, In a world that's wired for sound, instead of wired for sound, it's wired for social media or whatever you know Mm -hmm. the tongue becomes the mighty sword the battles the truth in a world that's wired for sound you know our social media page now becomes the megaphone that expresses our angst our anger our frustration our fear our whatever this this song's still very very relevant i think one of the most relevant on the on the
1: album i think Mm mm-hmm Yeah, that's I put down too, Derek. When I was listening to this song, you know, it points out how we are too susceptible to believing what we hear. And you're right; now more than ever, we're distracted. You know, and we're we're, we're, everybody's angry, Mm -hmm. and we're not taking time to listen. And uh, yeah, I think it's still a relevant sound. And the '80s, the overproduction—they call it—I love it, like Dan said. And this whole album in my opinion is one that if you haven't listened to it in a while listen to it with headphones because there's so much going on and this song is definitely an example
0: there the yes end. agreed yeah yep. good stuff mm-hmm. agreed and then we get into track three old enough to know um uh, i find it always interesting what they choose to lead albums off with and then you know it's track it, the specific order they take um i love also again love this song old enough to know Obviously, dealing with sexual abstinence, um, it's a very—I um, think it was an easily radio-playable mm-hmm. song, mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that I heard it a whole lot.
1: Yeah, radio. I just don't, like we like we talked about earlier. I just I think because of the song's content, yeah. I just don't think that Staz- Christian stations probably didn't play it for that reason. Because you're right, it sounds like a radio hit even now to me. Uh, when I listen to it, it, to me, it's the most organic sounding song on the album. Uh, there's not a whole lot of technology, but it definitely could have been a radio. Right, movie. right.
2: I, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, again, it's hard to remember exactly what was going on with Christian radio back then, because it was, again, it was just the wild frontier. It was a bunch of one and two hour shows on Sunday morning and not really a whole lot of dedicated stations. So. Um, we didn't have any, we didn't have any dedicated stations in our town at the time. So I don't remember hearing it on, on the radio like you guys, but it sure could have Mm. been, and this song really hits home to me because I have a daughter named Rebecca. So I, you know, uh, I've I've always thought of that when, with this song. So this is certainly, uh, you know, it, this, this is kind of an evergreen topic again. And, and I think the way Wayne handled it lyrically is, is just perfect. He he just Mm -hmm. it would be so easy to go wrong in so many ways with a song like this, and he he never does, and that's just great. He he just I think he hits the exact right tone.
0: Yes, very good. Uh, Then we roll into pursuit of a dream, and it starts with all those different voices talking about different dreams. And they yep. do it's going, it's going, it's a home run. <laughs> so I knew we were gonna talk about Randy Johnson yeah. at some point. Yes, yeah, see there it is. No. There's yeah. Randy. <laughs> We've worked him in. But no, I and love it.
1: Yeah, good. Don't forget the deep, don't forget the DJ
0: right before the lyrics. Yes. <laughs> You're on a 97 FM
1: <laughs> Perfect. Yes, the puking DJ. It's yes, awesome.
0: it's <laughs> perfect. Uh yeah, love again, Wayne's lyrics, I think just speaks so well here in fact I use these lyrics for my eldest daughter's high school graduation on her Facebook post Mm -hmm. you know like cuz I'm like yes go you know pursue your dream but don't forget where you came from there are roads to discover stories yet to be told and then this is where we get our album name Stories Yet to be told as you see the big picture just beginning to unfold yes and and I love how they go back to that uh, over and over again with just slightly different lyrics with the same cadence, yeah. Um, I like the shouts of "say," you know, "hey" and "so." Yeah, uh, the little talk, little talk box action in there with pursuit of a dream. Yeah, right pursuit there, pursuit of there a the dream. End. Dream. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's
2: great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now,
0: it, does it? And this also it doesn't. Does it contain a real horn section? Because I'm hearing the horns in there. Is that real, or is that? I would bet that's real. Um, I'm assuming it is, right? Because the lighters yeah. got the, yeah, horns. It's
2: Randy Michael Brecker. Jim yep, here. it does. Yeah, those are real horns. Yeah, yeah, those are real. That's 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 totally real.
1: That was fun that the, in there. Yeah, that's about when the horns started to become a thing in eighties music. I think we talked about this on one of our podcasts where that was a a trend. And um, yeah, and they're on this song too.
0: Yep, nicely done. Um, I, I like that they blend everything so well. You know, when the horns need to come up, the horns are up. When they kind of need to, you know, fade back down, they're they're back down again. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll, you know. And
2: though on this song, too, um, this uh, we, it's worth pointing out that about the time this came out, Word Publishing put out a book called Old Enough to Know yes. uh, that Michael wrote with a friend of his. I, I actually have my copy of that book right here that I had back <laughs> wow. in my youth group days. So I actually have Man. my copy. Um but yeah, they they really dive into uh, the pursuit of the dream in here, and and it's it's just like Dan wrote on his daughter's Facebook page. There's there's all kinds of things for you to discover out there to do, but don't forget where you came
1: from. Basically, the the, the whole thing with that. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, great song. You know, I, I
0: can't add anything else other than great song. Yep. Yeah. And those so of those first four songs three of them are on his album, the live set. Uh, I don't believe. Yeah. Probably wired for It's not.
2: not right. Yeah.
0: But the other three, these other three, those other three were, so we had a great start to this album. Yeah. And then inside and a, of a cassette <laughs> ends with rocket town. Yes. And here's where we get the big hit off of this album. Um, again, I think more because of the radio playability of this, mm-hmm. um, but I still love the poetry of this mythical place of Rocket Town. Um, It even contains a little whistle in there where there's a little whistle solo. Oh, where's that? Well, the... the (laughs) (laughs) He's he's whistling at the end there.
2: Yes! Okay, yes, Yes. of course.
0: Yes. Right. uh, And of course, later, this is where Michael gets his Rocket Town records. Yep. And there was an actual little club called Rocket Town in Nashville. Yes, I've I've been to that that club. Oh, you have? I have. Yep. Back in the
2: day, I was there.
0: Now, the question is, was Dave there, too? I have not been there. <laughs> great question. No, but Holly Berry Only... and Mel
2: Gibson were there.
0: That's
2: right. <laughs> they said, where's Michael? He's gorgeous, too.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So, anything else to add about Rocket Town?
2: I wonder if this yeah. got playability because Michael kind of got pigeonholed as being a ballad guy with friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the hit off of... Was there a hit off too?
1: Hmm. Yes, That's Hosanna. a good question. Oh, Hosanna. Hosanna yeah. that's right. Which is yeah, basically
2: yeah. A, a praise and worship song. Uh, yes. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he got pigeonholed a little bit as being a quote-unquote ballad guy. Uh, And this one's got less edgy, lyrical content, so maybe that was a thing. I don't know. It's hard to know why, what got played and what didn't back in those days.
1: Yeah. And this, like we pretty much said already, it kind of became, other than Friends, kind of as a signature song, you know, and it's one that he still does in his concerts, and you know, this is one kind of like find a way, guys. That if I was programming a Christian radio station, this would be in rotation. I mean, it's just one that, yes. yeah, you know, you got to play, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great, great, great song. And uh, I future. think it was I think
0: it was fun to sing along to because it wasn't just um, a place for me in Rocket Town. It was Rocket Town, Rocket Town, Rocket Town. Yes, you know, and right. you just you yes. had that. It just had that. Rhythm that was just kind of fun to sing along to down rock in Rocket Town, <laughs> Rocket down. yeah. You got to say it twice. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so then we open side B of a cassette with voices, mm-hmm. and again, I love this song. Uh, lyrics, fun, just so interesting to me. Um, yeah, and then so there's a French part in there, yes. le bon, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher this French, but Le Bon et Le Mans. Bon, it means the good and the bad. Yes. And uh, we nous some liberty. No, liberate, something like that. We are free. Uh-huh. So if you substitute them in, it's the good and the bad. These are the voices. We are free. We make the choices. Yes. Yeah. I see. But what's fun is they didn't just take that straightforward route. Hey, let's throw in this French. So I don't know why they chose French. I think that's always interesting to find out, well, why that? Mm-hmm. Did it just happen to rhyme? I don't know. Right, it's just to show uh, how cool you are. And that's, right, yeah, yeah. going to say. <laughs> oh, <let you> know. <laughs>
1: it's just so you could tell us what it meant, Dan. Right, I mean, that was very impressive.
0: Right, yeah, or or why not German? Yeah, there's That's what the I says. <laughs> so, if
2: we ever do our podcast <laughs> in German, we're relying heavily on Dan's
0: yes, that's deutsche right. skills.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and you know musically for this song just so much going on you know the timpani is that what it is yeah Lee? yes uh, yeah Gar- yes uh, yeah timpani with the low register drum mm-hmm. notes there boom boom uh the guitar uh speaking of voices the background vocals lisa bevel marty mccall chris harris were in there isn't that something
1: yeah wow That's- good voices yeah, real good voices. Yeah, and then
0: it has a minute and a minute fifteen, outro. No yeah, s- sing- no singing. And then think at the end of the song, they just said, "Hey guys, let's just throw in the kitchen sink. We got bird sounds, we got babies crying, we got tropical <laughs> sounds, we got a telephone ringing. <laughs> throw it all in there."
2: Well, there's a lot going. I on. will say, yeah, and I will say that it's interesting that they've got as one of the background vocalists here. If you're looking at Wikipedia, is Philip Sace who is typically not a background singer. He's kind of a keyboard guru. So I wonder if Philip Says did a lot of the keyboard soundscapes at the end of this. Of course, mm. the credits don't give you anything, so you don't know. Right. But <laughs> I wonder if Philip Says, in addition to evidently providing background vocals, also provided some of the soundscape material at the end of Voices, which is extensive. Like you said, it goes on for... Uh, over a minute of yeah, kind of 15.
1: Yeah. Well, the song's like six minutes, I think. It's it? 550.
2: Uh, yeah. It's yeah. close to six Long minutes.
0: Long song. That is. There was the bathroom song for the DJ. I was going to say although... that's close yeah. to a bathroom. Now, well,
2: we'll get into the bathroom. <laughs> Michael's quintessential bathroom song is The Throne, which is fittingly named. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, absolutely named. Yes. It's fittingly named. But that that one is joke about that easily. Oh, that was the joke back then when we were in radio together. (laughs) Put on the throne to go to the throne. (laughs) That's right. So that was, but it it was a six and a half minute song. So you could make it and then come back and you'd be fine. So, and I, I do remember that one of the radio stations that I worked at, you had to go out of the office and oh, no. down the hall at the basically the the what what would you call that where light was first located you you kind of had to go down the hall in this office building it was not easy to get to the bathroom <laughs> and get back
0: yeah
1: yeah so right
2: you had to find something fairly long to let it run to make it to the bathroom and be back so but i digress yeah.
1: right boy do you (laughs) yeah we do (laughs) we did with uh with voices getting back to voices this was a song that to me that uh you know personally at the time I, i wasn't a huge fan i would often fast forward if i'm being honest a little bit yeah but listening to it uh this week and hearing it here in 2020, uh, I was surprised that it was like the nostalgic song off the album for me. Maybe because I haven't heard it in a while, but it kind of took me right back to this album, right back to 1986. And I really mm. enjoyed listening to it. So I think it stood up very well. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful song.
0: I think the only awkward part of this song is at the very beginning when it kind of rises out of the like, and then it you know it does that. quick. <laughs> Wicka Wicka thing. And I'm glad they I'm glad they didn't stick with that too long. You know, right. it, then it finally settled into its rhythm. It's like, okay, once you kinda of get past that little spot there, it seems to really settle in well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so number seven is the last letter. And also, like you said, dealing with teenage suicide. Again, I love the lyrics of this song. Um, just speaks so well, written so well. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. This is uh, this would be one of the nostalgia moments for me. The the biggie is still to come, but this this um, again this I would say this would be just like old enough to know this in a, in the hands of a lesser songwriter, this topic would be you could really mess this up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, it's Wayne, and he he's Wayne, and he just. Rises to the occasion, and he nails it. He nails this topic, again, so well. Michael gets a lot of the love for this album, but Wayne sure should get some love for the way that you have to handle some really heavy topics in ways that aren't maudlin, ways that aren't flippant, and boy, does he does he do
0: it. It's, it's yeah. really something... I I, I, I apologize. I read read the, uh, I guess I read an interview about, he did this because he, obviously they get letters, right? And they get these letters from kids like this. And I'm sure his heart just goes out. It's like, we've got to put something out there. Mm -hmm. And here it is.
1: And they they deal with it in an up-tempo song too, is the other thing. Mm -hmm. It's a heavy topic and it's not a slow tempo. It's an up-tempo that really gets the message across. And it was, you know, it's very effective in doing that. And of course it fades out with that great guitar solo. I wish I could tell you who it was. We have what four options. So I guess we can guess who it is. <laughs> that's right. But uh it fades out of that right into going with emotions, and I thought that was brilliant.
2: Yeah. It's 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 funny that you mentioned the letters. That's well, he talks about that a lot in his book, Old Enough to Know. That's why he writes That's why he writes these songs. Uh and i I found myself well, he says, um, one of the most important parts of this book will be excerpts from letters written by teenagers and young adults telling me what's happening in their lives. That's in the foreword mm. to old enough to know. I, I I, don't know about you guys. I never would have thought to sit down and write a letter to a Christian musician about what was going on in my life at that time. I, and that's just me. That's 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 not a – that's not against anybody that did that. I just thought that I'm just not wired that way to want to open up to a stranger about what I'm going through. So I maybe you guys are different than me or knew somebody that right. was different from me, but I just had never thought of that to, to write a stranger a letter about what was going on in my life.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd heard, I hear stories from artists like this a lot, you know, that it feels like they're the only, only ones who kind of know them. Right as they listen, because they just didn't have anybody else yeah, to really reach out to. So, right. they at least got it down on paper, and they at least, you know, told somebody, yeah, um, which probably in itself was somewhat therapeutic, although I'm not a psychologist, I get that. Yeah. Um, but, I'm sure there was something therapeutic about it. Yeah. So, yep. um, so then it goes into going through the motions, and uh, fun, very upbeat, very up-tempo. Um, we, we keep saying that a lot, but there is a lot of up-tempo in this song. Oh, yeah. I mean, in this, yeah. In this album, I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's, again, the great mystery guitar solo at the end of this. Who played it? We're not quite sure. <laughs> Dan F? Yeah. Maybe. Chris Rodriguez? Maybe. <laughs> don't know. Maybe if we had Chris or Dan on, they can clear it up for they us. They could
1: tell us, yeah. Right. The song definitely has the biggest hook of any course on the album. Yeah. Um, and obviously was great in concert, too. By the way, I've got a Dan Day going through the motion story. I oh, like boy. oh, really? Yes. Oh,
2: this ought to be good.
1: So as we've discussed previously, the three of us used to work at the same radio station. And before I worked there, I was a listener and a big fan. And Dan Day did afternoons. Well, it was listener-supported, and uh, one of their pledge drives was wrapping up on a Friday. And before uh, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife Susan and I, got in the car to go run errands on a Friday afternoon. We finally decided, look, we've been saying we're going to go give to Z, let's do it. So we picked up the phone, called, and that day the the promotion was, or that hour, the promotion was if you give, you get to request a song. And so they said, what would you like to hear? And I said, I wanted to pick something that I didn't think you guys would ever play, Dan, because it wasn't a hit. And I said, (laughs) going through the motions, Michael W. Smith. All right. So we get in the car, and I said to Susan, there's no way they're going to play this song. And about 10 minutes down the road on East Kellogg, I still remember, Dan Day comes on and says, we'd like to thank Dave and Susan for giving to Z91, and they want to hear going through the motions. And you hit it, and the guitar comes on, and I'm just going nuts. And,
0: <laughs>
1: and you start talking about how great the song is. talk it right up to the lyric, and I don't think I've ever listened to that song. As loud as I did there. Because you remember, you know how songs sound much better on the radio because of the compression? Oh, and all that? yes. yeah. And so that was the first and all I've heard going through the motions on the radio. And that's because Dan Day played it.
0: That is funny. Wow. That. That's a good story. So, like, and of course, you you, you probably when you requested it. I was like, somebody's requesting this. We are absolutely putting this on. <laughs> so I love this song too. Exactly. Right. Yes. Exactly.
2: Somebody did request uh, Don't You Want to Rap or something like that.
0: Or The Champion. <laughs>
2: or The Champion. Yes. yes. A2J. Yes. Yes. No, so, oh my
1: uh, gosh, yeah, it's funny. To me, this is one of the highlights of the album. Just a fun song, hey, boy! It's got a lot of uh, a lot of fun production at the end of it.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah! It's, fun. I, it's so good. I I will say, and and I am such a sucker for songwriting. My my dad raised me to appreciate songwriters. I mean, he always would stop a song and say, "Did you hear that lyric? Or did you catch that? Or and one of Wayne's very and I'm a connoisseur of Wayne. Dan knows. Dan took a picture of me. I'm right there with you. Yes. Dan took a picture of me at a GMA uh, uh, week that we went to, I think, 90 or 91. And my only fanboy moment that I've ever had was there's Wayne Kirkpatrick. Dan, help me work work up the nerve to go talk to him (laughs) and and get my picture (laughs) taken with him. So I still have my picture. Me too. Me too. Yep. So I have my picture with Wayne. But one of my favorite Wayne lyrics ever is in this song dodging all you really are becomes your greatest task that's a fantastic lyric yeah something a really you know i can't i can't stand being alone with my thoughts so i have to make myself busy or check my phone or be on social media or or whatever watch a movie binge watch whatever dodging all you really are becomes your greatest task i have thought of that lyric hundreds of times since this album came Mm. out that's such a good
0: way to put that that's a that's Mm. wonderful
1: yeah it really is wow
0: yeah good stuff and then uh from there we get into tearing down the wall and we do i I, the instrumental we got in this album and so his other two projects had instrumentals
1: yep yep
0: right so right for his first one had actually had three instrumentals that's right sonata in D minor is when it opens with alpha mm-hmm. overture at the end. And the, but the one in the middle um is is escaping me right now. Um I uh, forget on Project, there's one in the middle. Yeah, you're right. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, and then in on uh, Michael's with two, he got he has two musical instruments musical and instruments. wings of the wind.
2: Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's and right. And then
0: we get down to the one here. And you can tell Michael loves writing music because you know, later on in his career he comes out with instrumentals you know, orchestras. So, what a big surprise. Uh, yeah. Albums. Like yeah right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. Um so it it was fun. I you know, 12 whole words in this song. Yes. And okay, so then it opens with the reverse snippet of a song. And yep. do you know what song that is? Well, I'm looking at I disqualify uh,
2: myself,
1: so.
0: Yeah, I I did too. Okay. I saw this earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Amy Grant's Emmanuel
2: Okay, now this is the one I wanted to point to on. This is the one I tabled from earlier okay. on, on Wikipedia. Okay. So I had never heard that until I read the Wikipedia article on this. I just thought it was some backwards CD gibberish. Like kind of mm-hmm. when you would yeah. rewind a CD back in the day, that's kind of the sound that it made. So I thought, huh, I'd never heard that that was Amy Grant's manual in reverse. So I wanted to test it test it okay and so I, want, oh, no. I, I still so wanted to test this okay <laughs> I did test it and okay. I can play it for us right now because I have it here all right let's hear it so so anyway this is obviously also I'll play the the opening as it is on the album so this is just <laughs> this is as it is on the album <laughs> okay so clearly that's that's just how it is on the album right right okay, okay. so through my um, through my software here I flipped it backwards so we can hear it okay so now here we go backwards oh, and that's it yeah. So I want to dispute Wikipedia's saying this is a reverse snippet of Amy Grant's Emmanuel. It might be
0: <laughs> I was going to say I did not hear that very it well. It might be. Right. Yeah. But
2: <laughs> I it's very I it's that would be difficult to prove. So I want to say I want to call foul on big whoever wrote <laughs> this article
1: that I'm was it like a really, really sped-up sure. version of
2: a manual or something? That's well, what I'm
1: thinking it like is maybe they sped it up.
2: Maybe. I don't know. You remember when you used to put a CD in back in the day? Of course, we're yes. going way off topic here, but you would hit the rewind button, and that's what that would sound like. Yep. yep. So maybe they stuck in Amy's manual and rewound it. Right. And Or fast-forwarded it or whatever, and then flipped the tape over and made it backwards.
1: Well, so, what's more I concerning... What's more concerning to me, guys, is I think I heard when you played the tearing down the wall there, right there, is I heard him say, buy the big picture. Buy the big picture.
2: Oh, you know what? I think that's okay. So (laughs) when this podcast is over, we'll rewrite rewrite this Wikipedia article to say.
1: There's backmasking.
2: There was (laughs) backmasking, and it said buy the big picture. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now – if Michael W. wants to come on the podcast and either deny or confirm
0: that, we'll be glad to <laughs> take his phone call. So, perfect. And and at least it begs the question to me, too. It's like, why that song? You know? I don't am, know. And then why did it have to be at the beginning of Tearing Down the Wall? Um, again, I don't know. I don't got know. Got nothing. Lost. Yep. Yeah, I got nothing. Um, so, but no, unless still a lot of fun. Again, so much going on. And uh, it's just, super fun and then yeah. you're all right which then leads into you're all right yeah um now at the time or at least a lot of the albums that i had the 10th track on the back of a cassette or the end song on the back of a cassette was usually something like a ballad you yep. with or whatever and i think these guys were like no way we're gonna rock <laughs> it out yeah so i mean because it immediately starts with that screeching guitar yeah
1: and the drums yeah. are just going nuts too there at the beginning
0: yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and the end was just another, you know, great song that just helps teenagers, you know, again, yes, during my time, yeah, I was like, remind myself, you're all right. Yeah.
1: Yep.
2: And that's, um, yeah, this is the, this is the nostalgia moment for me. Yeah. With this song. Uh, of course, I loved the ending guitar solo, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say, this is Chris Rodriguez. Yes, I just if again, if Chris wants to come on the podcast and confirm or deny i'm I'm fine, but I'm gonna go out on a limb. This sounds a little different than Dan's playing, yeah, and so i'm I'll put my money on this is Chris right here at the end of this, and boy, does he get featured? It's a long
1: guitar
2: song, and right. it's so good it's and of course, I was a guitar player back then, so. I loved this song and that long solo at the end.
1: But, yeah, well, of this... course, he, he played alive, Derek, because he, was he a sure band, did. And it sounded just like the album. So that's why I think you're right. It had, I think yeah. it had to be him on the album.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and lyrically, again, uh, this is, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, Pointing that uh when you when you look inside of yourself in and of yourself, we're never gonna look inside of ourselves in and of ourselves and like what we see. That's that's never going to be, you know, it's only Christ in us, the hope of glory, that when we look inside, we hope to see Jesus making us what we're supposed to be. And so that was a great reminder back then that what's inside of me isn't necessarily what I'm supposed to be looking at except that the father holds my heart under your rubble lies a a heart the father holds. And, and that's when you see your life through his eyes, you're all right because you're in Christ. So, yeah, that's a great, it's a great one.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Definitely his most straight ahead rock song for sure. I think even still, I think
2: it might be his most straight ahead rock song.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's
0: and it's the it's the third song he plays on the live set. So they start with nothing but the blood, which I loved. someday we might talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into Lamu. Right after Lamu, you're all right. Mm-hmm. So you know, you get those three, you know, just great songs in a row in his yeah. live set. Um, so you, you kind of tells you what he thought of this. They thought of this song. Now, right. dare
2: we, dare we talk about track eleven?
0: Well, I was going to say. So out of track ten. Wait a minute. There's more. Yeah. Uh, there's this bonus track. Um, and I I think it maybe it's there to just kind of calm everyone down from "You're All Right." I don't yeah. know. It's <laughs> just, you jazz know, jazz piano for forty two seconds. Yeah. I
1: heard him. I heard him on a radio interview in '86, right after this came out, and he. he, he I, I think the DJ asked him about it. I can't remember what he said though. I'm uh-huh. trying to think of what he said, but I don't remember it being like very profound. Like he did it for a very special reason. It might be for something like you just said, Dan, just to calm everybody down. He loves playing the piano, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't okay, know. so if, if 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 Michael went, if not if, but it's when Michael agrees to come on the podcast, write this down. We're going to ask him about the hidden track, the coda, the fade out track at the end of Big Picture. What's what's going on with that?
0: So. Right. And when you mean CODA, you don't mean the Commission on Dental Accreditation. I don't mean that at all. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Co- CODA meaning the concluding event, remark, or section. Yes. That's right. The, I guess because I had to look that up. I was like, I okay. guess there is a name for this. CODA? Yeah. yeah. Is that the name of it? And that's so. it's not the first thing that you said. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was so overall just. Fantastic album. It's been fun to reminisce about it. Uh, yes. Again, if you get a chance, sit down, crack open this CD or your Spotify account, throw that in your playlist, and mm-hmm. you know, one just run it one to eleven. Because um, I love the flow too. You don't have to yeah. shuffle. You don't have to. I don't have to skip anything. I just go one right to the other, yep. um, and it's just been a lot of fun.
1: Yep, i agreed. This was one, I think, that really stands, in my opinion, stands out in his catalog as maybe sounding different than his other albums. Um, it's definitely more straight ahead and edgy. And uh, for that reason, it's probably my favorite, although I do love Eye to Eye a lot, too. They're probably right there neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is one that even though with its what they call overproduction, I can still listen to now. And yeah. Uh, still get a lot of a lot of joy out of listening to it just a just a great CCM album glad we yeah. did this one
0: yeah yeah this is a great one all right well then that wraps it up i guess this has been CCM in 3D thanks for joining us and join us for the next thrilling adventure look forward to it talk to you then